0: The part where people get upset with Adventism is because they'll look at this doctrine of the sanctuary, the heavenly sanctuary, the investigative judgment, right? How
1: is it that uh, you view or the church views Ellen White? Uh, I know a lot of people, when I have heard about it historically, is viewed on the same level as scripture.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church Podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. And guys, we have a great show for you. But first you got to check us out on social media and you got to subscribe on YouTube. You know, I don't like when YouTubers do this when they talk about like, oh, so much percentage of you guys are not subscribed, but I checked, okay? <laughs> and I saw like 90% of we you know guys. The we know names. We have a list of names. We're going a to mail you a form that says you must, or we're going to mail you a piece of paper that says you must subscribe. Yep. No return address. Uh, no name. And when you get that, you have to subscribe. And That's you have to. The only option. And if you don't. I'm going to block you. There'll be two boxes. One will say <laughs> subscribe, and
1: the other one will say straight to jail.
2: Right to jail. Right to you, jail. If you guys are Parks and Rec fans. But yeah, so many of you guys watching aren't subscribed. It takes half a, less than half a second, and it really helps us reach people with the gospel and get the word out. So uh, make sure to subscribe. Send it to your friends and family. We want to help people uh, answer questions that they have towards Christianity and theology mm-hmm. and understand God better. But today, regarding all that, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, today we have a returning guest. Last time we talked about... Uh, the inerrancy of scripture, if there's problems in scripture, all that kind of stuff. Uh, He, at the time, was on TikTok. Not sure if he is anymore, but Jean Clouzet, he's a really cool pastor. He's been a pastor at the time 16 years now, 17, 18 years, something like that.
0: 18 in June. 18 in June.
1: There you go. He has uh, degrees in, I believe, biblical languages and theology. Uh, So pretty cool. And he's back on the show today to talk about Adventism. Uh, He is a Seventh-day Adventist pastor himself. And there's been a lot of controversy on the internet the last couple years around this topic. People not understanding what Seventh-day Adventism is. We're not Seventh-day Adventists ourselves. Um, And some people have brought up a lot of claims. And so instead of uh, just talking about what everyone else has already talked about, right, we'd rather, like we usually do on the show, have someone who actually believes the issue come on. Like when we were talking about witchcraft, we had an actual, like, Christian, which on the show to you know debate and and have a conversation. So now we want to have John back on to talk about his views. So uh, John, there's a couple different topics I could bring up, but is there anything I missed in the introduction? Any books, any papers, any YouTube channels or TikToks you want to shout out first?
0: Uh, TikTok channels it's just Pastor John Bible, and I am I, I am starting to upload again. I do have a little bit more time now, so um, there was, we go. Hard teaching and doing everything at the same time, so. Um, yeah that's that's it maybe maybe a youtube channel in mm. the future i have one but i haven't really uploaded stuff yeah
3: mm-hmm. so.
1: in all your old tiktoks you just had such beautiful backgrounds all the time and it was like half the reason to watch the video is just you walking around like the beautiful scenery in hawaii and so you'll have to find some yeah. some nice hikes or something to go on in arizona yeah mm.
0: some, some of those hikes were super illegal you know <laughs> that <I recommend. laughs> that's, that's awesome. the way to do it
1: those are the good ones nice <laughs> So there's lots of little things, lots of little controversies we could talk about, but I think the three main ones that people have been bringing up, at least in the circles that I've been on, are the the sorry the divinity of Christ, uh the origins of what Adventists have believed about the Trinity, um obviously like Ellen White, and then uh the obviously the the Sunday and Saturday issue controversy there. Um, uh, are you comfortable talking about any of those? Is there any you'd rather address first?
0: Sure, sure sure sweet no you guys you guys lead the way um and i'll just navigate as as you guys bring different things up or if you think of something Mm. we can uh and if you guys want to go on a tangent we can go on a tangent just go super deep on any of those cool so
1: Mm -hmm. cool and uh, i'm sure we're gonna run out of time here just because there's so much to go into and it's gonna be so much fun uh so maybe we'll do a part two at some point but uh starting off with i think the trinity would be an interesting one and probably maybe the easiest one to Mm -hmm. cover Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people have that i've been watching have brought up that. Adventism was started uh, surrounding some Aryan uh, heresies of the Trinity um, do you know anything like that the history there or if anything has changed
0: um, there is some overlap with like Christian connection there is some overlap with um, I mean because sometimes people and, and this is this happens all the time hmm. um, they're like are you guys a cult yeah. um, are you guys are related to the Mormons are you guys related to the Jehovah Witnesses? Uh, No, Jehovah's Witnesses took that and ran with it. Mm -hmm. Um, The other ones that um, I I would say later on, I think, gave kind of a a shade over it is offshoots from Adventism Mm -hmm. called Shepherd's Rod. Right. Uh, I don't know if you remember David Fresh and uh, the whole Waco, Texas thing in the Mm -hmm. mid-90s where he was like he thought he was Jesus and stuff like that. In fact, that whole thing started out in uh, Diamond uh, Head. Oh, uh, really? At one of our churches there, Whoa. yeah, like he took a whole bunch of people from there and ended up in in Texas, um, which is very sad. And I don't know if that church has ever recovered from that. Hmm. Um, it, it's very tough. It's very tough. But no, uh, I don't. I don't particularly personally like using the word Trinity just because it's not in the Bible, right? I do recognize the the concept of a triune God hmm. and a Godhead. And our church is very much comfortable using the word Trinity. So Mm. I'm just separating myself from that. So you'll find that as one of the fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist church.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, when it started, when Seventh-day Adventism started in the mid-19th century, Mm. it was kind of a conglomeration of a whole bunch of people. You had Anabaptists. You had uh, two of the big pillars of the founding individuals for the Seventh-day Adventist Church were Baptists. Right. Um, uh, and, and above all of that was the Advent movement and Captain William Miller, mm. uh, who, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that history. Yeah. Okay, yeah, which was crazy, right? Like, mm. set set date setting and, you yeah. know, well, Jesus is coming back in October 22nd, 1844. Right. Um, right. Yeah, and a whole bunch of who uh, people who later on Went on to become and founded the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which, by the way, I've always been mad at our name. Our whole, our whole name was actually they came up with our name for like tax purposes. Mm. You know, it was like, oh, we got to come up with something quick. They didn't even know what to call call themselves, and they just kind of gravitated towards um, some of those doctrines. So the doctrines mm. that really kind of stood out first is like it was a it was an inflection of reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to. All right, Jesus come, Jesus Christ did not come. You know, it's October 23rd, mm. 1844. He did not come. We lost all our savings. But hey, this is in the Bible, right? They looked at Daniel 814. William Miller looked at uh, Daniel 814, and he interpreted that uh, when the sanctuary will be cleansed, he, he interpreted that the sanctuary was the planet, mm. right? And, mm. uh, and he said, oh, I found it because it's part of a 2,300-day prophecy. Which, depending if you're dispensationalist or not, right, right, right. can mean all sorts of different things.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, um, Adventists are distinctively premillennialist,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and um, and I think we've stuck to our guns on that. Yeah. Um, so the idea is looking at that prophecy, seeing that it checks out, and then asking yourself the question: All right, we believe the Bible. We're going to go super deep in the Bible. In fact we really appreciate what William Miller did because he went really deep and there is something there. Now uh, when you read Daniel two, when you read Daniel seven, Daniel eight and you pair it with at least the empires leading up to the Holy Roman empire, Mm -hmm. which eventually became the Catholic church, it checks out, (laughs) right? Like it lines up with all of those empires and it's been like, At least in the better part of the later half of the 20th century, Adventists were just going around doing these big evangelistic series where we were like, hey, know the future, know what's going to happen, and Mm. it would check out from the Bible, right? Now, we're undergoing a whole lot of things right now because we're we're having to reexamine that. Like anybody else that looks at eschatology Mm. and looks forward, and they're like, well, Jesus Christ has not come back yet, so what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. Now, in Daniel two, there's this rock that it's not hewn from human hands, and right. it hits that that statue. And you know, there's an understanding that is the second coming. That is something that completely destroys all of the empires that thought they were something, mm-hmm. and in the end, they were not. And it hits it at the weakest point of that statue. Mm-hmm. So, so Willis Miller that the... did that, and so.
2: Sorry, sorry. I just thought you, you think the second coming is that rock rather than Jesus' first coming.
0: No, it's the second coming. Uh, That's no. how Adventists look at okay, it. Okay, okay, yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, I just want to clarify that.
0: Right, because because it's chronological. The the golden head is, is OU, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have uh, Medo-Persia, which is the chest and arms of silver. You have the Greece being the thighs of bronze, and the legs of iron would be Rome. Mm -hmm. which, you know, kind of checks out with Rome and how it was at the time of Jesus. But then you have the feet that are mixed of clay and iron, and it checks out, because there's never really been an empire after Rome like that,
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right?
0: So it kind of of washes out, and it checks out with... So not only that, they'll go forward, and and they'll see the same exact prophecy repeated in Daniel 7, but this time with beasts,
3: Mm -hmm. right?
0: And it checks out, and by the time you get to the the beast with the iron teeth checks out with the iron legs. It has 10, uh, 10 horns and the 10 horns check out into what the Holy Roman empire was kind of like overseeing when it was, you know, anyway, right. I could, I could spend right. hours on an an hour. that. Right, because, right, right? Yeah. So William Miller, they looked at that and they were like, wow, that's, that's something, right? What else are we missing? So in comes in another captain, um, his name was Joseph Bates. Mm-hmm. Same, sim, Similar time, he got caught up in the Advent movement. But for him, he was like, no, no, I got to go further here. And and it was, I mean, our, our, our founders were into all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. They were into like the suffrage movement. They were into, they were anti-slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of the things that really sets Ellen White apart from any other prophet is that she accurately predicts when the uh civil war would start and end right uh Mm. there's like they tried to like attach all sorts of other prophecies to her but not like they're already in the bible you know (laughs) so but as far as late 19th century goes this is pretty astounding stuff that she was able to like talk about before it would happen it's recorded and it's verified um And not only that, she had like a fourth grade education and she's like, when it, when it all starts with the exception of this guy, Joseph Bates, I just told you about, which was like this old curmudgeon, like Navy captain who was like a Baptist that was like, Hey, you know, the Sabbath never changed. Hey, we should probably take care of our bodies a little bit better. And he was like, he gave up nicotine. uh, He gave up coffee. He gave up like meat, like. All sorts of things. So he's like the first vegetarian and stuff like that. And that Adventist later on became a little bit well known for it. Now, if you run Mm -hmm. into Adventists today, there's very few of them that are actually vegetarian. I am. Mm -hmm. My wife and I were like, well... I like to say plant forward, plant based. But like, anyway,
1: <laughs> plant forward.
0: But there's very like there's there's a there's a very small amount of Adventists, especially mm. worldwide that are still Adventist. Uh, sorry, Adventist. <laughs> <laughs> vegetarian, yeah, yeah. <laughs> vegetarian stuff. But there is a huge emphasis in taking care of your body because mm. it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into that. First Corinthians chapter six, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. yeah we, so,
2: we, would, we would probably agree that about that um real quick with the yeah. temple of the holy spirit and stuff and i think yeah take care of mm-hmm. your body i think it's a huge reason yeah. like we, everyone yeah. jokes with the fitness industry like the christian influencers who are right hugely into fitness are like temples of body bro gotta get these gains and like it's a joke but i'm also like right. yeah but that's also pretty fair you know it's better yeah. to than not taking care of your body you know yeah uh, you want to be a right. useful servant of god mm-hmm. not saying people who aren't, aren't useful yeah. but um i want to <laughs> go back real quick um when you talk about uh yeah seventh day adventists believe in the trinity a triune god can you define that as well because i know some people listening might say okay but yeah he says that but what, maybe we have different definitions i know for example like mormons have a different definition when you talk about triune god or trinity they're like oh yeah we believe in that and then when you ask when you dig a little bit further they're like oh we don't believe jesus is god and you're like oh okay oh okay. no you know so yeah no, just just for beginning. people listening can you for yeah just or explain or define, yeah, what you mean by a triune God.
0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh. So what is this Word? No, Jesus says, before Abraham I, uh, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus is 100% God. You have to completely throw out the Gospel of John yeah. if you're mm-hmm. going to claim that well, some Jesus do. isn't God.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm I know saying. That. Yeah, that's and, what I'm uh, telling
0: people. Our, our brother, our brothers and and I love it when they come to my house because we're like let's dance let's go to the Greek yeah because <laughs> like <laughs> you know they'll try to like I know what you did in the New World translation that's right. not nice all right, right. <laughs> it's it's not okay but uh, there are some people that you know like because like I said it's an ebb and flow and people are allowed to go it's not like you know our church is like hammering people this is what you have to mm-hmm. believe this is what. right so, like if you're seventh-day adventist here's some things that make sense from the bible and not only that we're going to try to be as, as we're going to try to lower the hypocrisy level as low as possible hmm. right so when a seventh-day adventist has a conversation with a muslim they have a much much higher chance of keeping the conversation going longer Because according to Muslims, we are people of the book because we do follow the book to a T. Now, at the same time, there's a difference there. And this is where we can overlap into the Sabbath thing because Mm. you can get to Galatians 3. And, you know, this this tutor, this law was nailed to the cross. Okay, what law? What are we talking about here? Right. So there are some Adventists that have problems with the personhood of the Holy Spirit, which is a tougher sell for a Mm. lot of people right i i personally believe the holy spirit is 100 percent god mm-hmm. and was 100 percent a person and if you right? read your because like of beliefs again,
1: it also states that i think right for 20- sure. yeah.
0: yeah for sure and there are some adventists that have a real tough time with that arianism mm-hmm. is tough to get rid of it's a it's a weed that you pull at it you think you're done with it mm-hmm. And then 20 years later you know (laughs) there it is again yay yeah because in the end in the end arianism at its core is just people wanting to help god with salvation Hmm. which we really have a really tough time with it's Hmm. it's catholicism 101 you know like oh what else oh beat me again lord you know i Mm -hmm. you know I, i i'm gonna add to this experience hold up i got this no, you don't got this. Jesus has this. And not only that, he's given you, he's promised you a helper to help you continue to live in communion with him in the form of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, you have to completely throw out John 14 through 16 mm. if you're going to look at the Holy Spirit as a non-person.
3: Mm.
2: Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I always go to that passage as a, when charismatics say like, oh, I was talking to Holy Spirit or they, they use Holy Spirit as the name. And I'm like, guys, please. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus says the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus says the Holy Spirit, you can keep he,
0: the, the. Not only that, uses uses the second person male pronoun. Yeah, that's true. He yeah. will come and Yeah, because there's you some people who say.
2: Yeah, there's some people who say, um, it's a female. But yeah, because oh, they'll say like the Holy Spirit's like the female part of God because Ruach is a female like type yeah. word, and I'm like, you just no, like. Yeah, but Ruach
0: is not in the in the it's, well. Yeah, it's, I, Hebrew, it's I, not unless Greek. you're using those sketch, yeah. super sketch Aramaic New Testament things. Oh, oh I, I, bub- I, I did balloons. not know I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. That that's
2: awesome. fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just funny when people when people say it's like the female part of God. I'm like, mm. that's all. I feel like that's heresy. That I feel like you should mm. be careful with that. Uh, but also, then more in a comedic sense, I think the dropping the the, because people want to say make it more of a person or make the Holy Spirit way they talk about him about him more of a person it's mm. funny to me cuz they're like i feel like holy spirit wants us to do this and i'm like just say the please like we have the yeah. holy spirit down to 2000 years of church history but yeah um so you
1: said we were going to you oh. were going to go on to what day uh we worship on a little bit um mm-hmm. and i just like the initial question i have and i think most people will talk about is obviously you guys worship on saturday and some christians Uh, or like other denominations also worship on Saturday, but not necessarily as a religious practice, just because that's when they go to church. Do you guys think that other Christians that are in other denominations that don't worship on Saturday, worship on Sunday, are truly saved and are Christians, or no?
0: Well, if there are some of us that say that. I I spend a lot of my time encouraging people and adamantly encourage people not to do that. Hmm. Because, you know, you can have an amazing Sabbath keeper and then they're just doing some light murdering on the side, you know, like what? So, like, the idea is it's, it's, it's a reflection on the description of the saints that are described in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, and Revelation 14, 12. Here's the patience of the saints. They that keep the commandments and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Now, we could make an argument that most Christianity has a very good handle on the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hmm. But the commandment-keeping part of it is very, very important to look at. And so, no, commandment keeping does not save you because if it does, we are all in deep, deep doo-doo. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) Right. We can all agree that on that as Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if we have to keep the commandments to be saved, we are in deep, deep trouble. And we're completely throwing out everything that, despite my disagreements with Martin Luther, he allowed us to like introduce us from Romans: like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, we have freedom in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, how do you live your life after salvation? So it's about sanctification. It's not about, it's not about that. So, and and I'm still trying to tie that into the Millerite movement hmm. and everything else. Right? It was like, hey, we went this deep into the Bible. Why not keep going? Right? Hmm. If if you know, like let's be like the Bereans. Let's reason together. Let's see where this is at. And so the Sabbath becomes kind of an extension. And upon further investigation, we're like, oh, hold up. We never got any instruction in the Bible to change this day, right? And so, and it is a commandment. It's not Levitical law, right? And um, and so, it's that it's that kind of a thing. In fact, right now there's a church that separated itself from the denomination because they were like, well, they're like they're out in Oregon, and they're like, you know, we got to reach more people on Sunday, and then they started having services on Sabbath and services on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And eventually they're just doing Saturday night and then Sunday. And they're like, okay, you guys are basically not Advents anymore. And so they amicably parted ways Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, we're going to do our own thing. That's fine. Like, that's what I'm saying. We're not saying they're lost. They're just like, well, you're not distinctively Adventist. Mm -hmm. And yes, I would say 40, 50 years ago, If you ran into an Adventist, they would have been Mm -hmm. like, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some salvation issues Mm -hmm. for you. So how do you think that changed from
1: going like from the mark of the beast to now maybe it's okay? I mean, that's a hard thing to sum up Um, in one statement. Well, the
0: mark of the beast, the mark of the beast is, that's also a pretty sketch thing. And that's kind of like combining the last few chapters of a book by Ellen White called The Great Controversy Mm -hmm. with what we read in Revelation 13. Mm -hmm. Um, now the mark of the beast is, it's, it's the whole mark of the beast because nothing in the book of revelation is unique to that book. All of it, all the symbolism you can find yeah. completely in the old Testament. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the mark of the beast is basically, you know, the, the phylactery, like the, the tefillin, you know, the, right. the, the Jews wear to this day, It's Deuteronomy right. chapter six, right. you know, mm-hmm. binded as frontlets between your eyes. And so in the end, Perfect, yeah before Jesus comes back there's a there's an understanding there are people the mark of the beast is on the forehead and on the arm but the mark of God in in Revelation 7 is only on the forehead right hmm. so the the hand has nothing to do because you're not saved by your
2: yes. works. that's such yeah. that's so good. Right? So, that's so cool yeah I love the bible
0: yeah so you're you're saved by you know so this, this that's what happened we kept going into the bible and being honest mhm It's hard for any denomination to be honest with itself and say, "Oh, hey, we messed up here." Hmm. I don't think that we're all there. There's still people that are like, "Ooh, the mark of the beast is going to be a barcode or a chip, you know, like a grain of rice that they're going to put in." That's for all Christians, though. There's so many theories. Right, right? like there's there's people in our church Mm. that are like, they look at Matthew 24 and they're like, "Well, we got to run to the hills." Well, bro, you know that talking about the first century, Jerusalem, right? right (laughs) right and and then they completely throw out matthew 25 now i might be on the bleeding edge there Mm -hmm. with my contemporaries Mm -hmm. but that's that's the honesty that i think a lot of adventists as they keep going they're like hey let's be honest Mm -hmm. and to be perfectly honest ellen white i'm like i still benefit very much from ellen white but um the problem we have with ellen white is when people. Adventists mm. elevate her above the Bible, mm. and so that's done a lot of damage. Okay, for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Can you explain fact, that a little? He lot. like point blank said, you can't do that with what I'm writing. Hmm. Interesting. That's that, right? that sounds like Joseph Smith
2: is like. Uh, I was yeah. gonna say it sounds kind of like. Now I know you guys are completely different than Buddhists, but Buddha was like, guys, don't follow, don't like do what I did. Follow, like he was like, don't. We we're like, oh, we're Buddhists. He's like, don't do that, and then he died, and people were like, you know, it's like kind of people are like, oh, I'm Calvinist, and it's like. know,
0: it's, it's hard because like Buddhism, any of these things, the idea is control, Mm -hmm. right? It's still the same. This is how I pitch it to people. Genesis four, you know, there's two brothers, two offerings, once accepted, once not. Right. And why was the one that was not accepted, not accepted? What did he bring to God? Hmm. God didn't ask them to bring these offerings. Cain brought an offering of what he did he was like he was mad he was like you better accept what I'm doing for you mm. and Abel was like thank you for what you're going to do I'm recognizing what you're going to do how you're going to sacrifice yourself and so and that brings us to the only distinctive doctrine of 7th Day Adventism which is what is Jesus doing right now mm. right and what is that right And now? and it's and and that is being in the heavenly sanctuary it's taking Mm -hmm. hebrews chapter 8 hebrews chapter 9 chapter 10 like anything in hebrews that's talking about where you know paul or peter or whoever it was that wrote that right trying to explain to the jews hey listen jesus was our high priest Mm -hmm. right so it's it's about a heavenly sanctuary and so william miller looked at that and he's like oh Jesus is coming back. He's cleansing the earth. No, he's actually literally cleansing the sanctuary in the same way that you would find in Leviticus 16, you know, the Day of Atonement. That's what Seventh-day Adventists believe, that in 1844, Jesus literally in heaven went into a place. I don't know what it looks like, right, because Hebrews says it's a shadow of things to come. It's Mm -hmm. only a reflection of what we see. You know, we only see in part now, you know, but mm. in some way someday we will see the whole thing, right? And Jesus is that that high priest, tempted in all points as we are, yet without mm. sin. Right? Who's going over there. And for me, one of the—and this was, this was the mind bend for me in Hebrews 9, verse 7. It says, the, the, the priest went into the most holy place only one time a year— not without blood right but now we're talking about jesus and he went in there to atone for the sins of people that were committed in ignorance and for me growing up i was just like so because it's kind of like what you guys built on right like do adventists really believe that people who don't keep the sabbath they're Mm. not going to go to heaven and i was like because i grew up with that and i was like shoot that sucks because aztecs incas the Han Dynasty the you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of like billions of people who never heard the name of Jesus dude What happens to them? And so the the high priest once a year in the and, and people forget that the, the Israelites in the wilderness there was Egyptians there hmm, there was the right. Amorites Moabites, right. there was uh, Midianites, you know They're all kind of related except for the Egyptians, but they didn't know the law in fact, you can make a very strong argument that when they went to the wilderness, and God has to introduce them to the Ten Commandments, which is by far the greatest life improvement plan humanity has ever run across, right? Because you can take the the, the obvious ones, like you will not murder, mm-hmm. right? Okay, um, not murdering people drastically improves your life, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we yeah, don't though. we don't come to the same conclusion with the hardest commandments, mm-hmm. which would be in the first tablet, the Sabbath. Right, because how fast can you break the Sabbath?
3: Hmm.
0: Say I don't work, right? But if I'm thinking about everything else, or somebody like there's, there's, we have a lot of problems with this. We have like nurses and doctors that are like, well, I'm picking up the donkey from the ditch. I'm working, and they're like picking up mad overtime. I was like, uh, I don't think you're picking. Up I'm picking from up the donkey you know? from the ditch,
2: getting paid time and a half. What's up? Right, they're, I have, I have con-
0: <laughs> right, I have contemporaries that are like oh, it's okay to go out to eat on Sabbath. I was like, oh, so you're okay with somebody else working for you, mm. you know, mm. <laughs> but as long as you, so you're making somebody else. Cause like the commandment says it's the longest commandment, right? Neither you nor anyone in your household, nor your servants, nothing else. Right. Mm. And my mom would take it extreme. My mom was like, I remember on Saturday mornings, it was the best cartoons of all time. Mm. Right. And I would like preset my VCRs, That's how old I am. Right. Like, it's like long play, six hours. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and my mom found out that I was like making my VCR work on the Sabbath. And it's like, hey, that's breaking the Sabbath. I was like, mom, you're tripping, right? Like, yeah. are you serious? That's an inanimate object, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah. there's the extremes there. But mm. I understand it's it's about your conscience. And about well, how about the coveting? Who's got that on lockdown, right? That's mm-hmm. the second tablet. Mm-hmm. How fast do we do that? I, I call Instagram a coveting machine right? (laughs) You're like, you're on the doom scroll and you're like coveting nonstop, Mm. right? Who's got that on lockdown? Thank goodness that we have someone that was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Mm. Now, the part where people get upset with Adventists is because they'll look at this doctrine of the sanctuary, the heavenly sanctuary, the investigative judgment, right? Mm. Because at some point, God has to determine, you know, People who've never heard the name of Jesus how do they get saved right
3: hmm.
0: right that's a that's a very important question yeah right at some point God's making that decision and it's an arbitrary decision or is it hmm. right I want to I want to I want to lean towards the fact that God is extremely merciful right the most difficult thing to accept about God is not his justice but his mercy hmm. Right. Because if you go to heaven and you run into a person that violated you right in the worst way,
3: hmm.
0: what do you have a hard time accepting? Who, who do you have questions for?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: so good. what is this judgment about? Right. You get to Revelation 20 and it says and judgment was handed to the saints in First Corinthians. It says, and don't you know that we will judge angels? Hmm. Right. When, when does that happen? right mm-hmm. god has to completely rule out every question because from the beginning and that's that's what ellen white kind of introduced mm-hmm. there's been this crazy great controversy between good and evil and we were pawns right we were pawns in that argument you, you see a little taste of it in the first two chapters of job right how, how many of, have you guys been upset when you're like oh wow god gets to have this argument with with satan and job <laughs> doesn't know anything about it and he's like being used okay so that's called the great controversy Mm -hmm. but god doesn't defend himself he allows and he i would say he has faith in us right that after Mm -hmm. we choose we vindicate his name right it was like touch his body see if he won't curse you to your face right well we'll see if he's connected with me right He's like, I, I, you know, it's like, even though he slay me, yet I will be as pure as gold, says, hmm. says Joe, hmm. Right. So the, the concept here is not a, an extra layer of salvation. And that's where people right. traditionally, right. historically, have gotten really upset with Seventh day Advent because there's like, well, didn't we get saved at the cross? Justification is a one time event. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with sanctification? All right. We're not doing anything necessarily with uh, 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 sanctification, but we are. Really, really not okay with the Calvinist view, right? Mm. <laughs> we're, we're not okay with that. Mm. Uh, at the same time, we're not helping God with salvation,
3: mm. right?
0: Everything we do post-salvation is a reflection of our relationship and how mm. God is transforming us from glory to glory. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind,
3: mm-hmm. right?
0: How does that happen? Well, you got to let the Holy Spirit come in. How often should you do that? Probably every day. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that brings me to my favorite uh, verse in the Bible. Revelation. Uh, sorry. Revelation 320. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice mm. and opens the door, I will come in and we'll do what? We're going to have dinner together. It's going to be great. Right. But the problem is every day we kick Jesus out of the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so. The question then remains, sorry, and I know yeah, you're trying ahead. to interject. Sorry, what, is, what is Jesus doing right now? If he is our high priest, what is hmm. he doing right now? What is that ministry like? Hmm. Go ahead.
1: That's good. Um, so from my understanding, and like you described a little bit, and I just want a little more clarification on this, um, maybe mm-hmm. it started out or there have been some misconceptions about what was happening uh, when Jesus moves to the sanctuary. Um, and, of course, I'd love to know like, where do we get that uh 1844 date and how do we know and all that kind of stuff but um let's say that is happening right mm-hmm. how do we go from people maybe like in your view getting it wrong and saying oh this is about a continued atonement that christ didn't finish on the cross which is what i commonly hear and going mm-hmm. from that to like a this is christ like judging those who've never heard him heard about him before can you explain that a little deeper for me
0: well it's just hebrews nine seven, right in Hebrews 9, 7, there was, there was a allotment for those that didn't know that they sinned,
3: hmm.
0: right, in the Day of Atonement, right? for when, when, when John the Baptist and Jesus came around, right, John the Baptist did something bananas. It was revolutionary, right? He hmm. was going up to Jews and saying, hey, you need to repent. Okay, uh, don't we have the temple for that? And he's like, no, you need to confess your sins and repent and be what? baptized Mm. what was the use of baptism before john the baptist used it you got it it was the process of get a person to become a jew right and they're like Mm. why are you asking me a jew to become an extra jew right Right. (laughs) i was like what do i need to do that for okay i get it for the roman soldiers Mm. i get it for like Mm. herod and his nasty nasty i don't know (laughs) sister-in-law that he married right i get Mm. that but why us and they got baptized It was, it was mind blowing, right? Like you're, you're introducing something crazy. All right. Not saying that Seventh-day Adventists, um, not saying, not saying that Seventh-day Adventists introduced something, an extra layer of understanding. It's just the concept of understanding that, Hey, listen, Jesus is starting a work before he comes back. That is crucial. That mirrors something that, that is in the old Testament, because that's the other thing that, that. Like I have students right now that keep all of the Jewish holidays, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, cool for you. Awesome. Uh, in fact, when I've had a chance to participate, I get a lot out of them. It's it's actually it's beautiful,
1: beautiful sometimes, right? for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. But a lot of those things completely, completely fulfilled, if, if it, they're sacrificial in nature, right? Completely mm-hmm. fulfilled at the cross. But do the Ten Commandments Get fulfilled at the cross that is a very mm. important and very introspective and honest question that people need to ask themselves what do we do mm. with the law of god and how do are we looked at by people when it's clear that we've made changes much like our our friends our brothers and sisters the jehovah witnesses did with i don't know john one right it's clear that there was some manipulation to try to placate some sort of socioeconomic or maybe even, I don't know from, from a, at least the the popular view is that Constantine, you know, had an edict in 321 and he just like, right. You know, started changing things left and right. The reality is that it started way before right. that. And the process was a lot more prolonged and, um, and laid out until it was completely, a thing and plus there was anti-semitic stuff attached to that because like the jews you know anti sabatarians and stuff like that which hasn't gone mm-hmm. away and still very much alive today mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so from that perspective getting back to the word of god what does the word of god say you know uh what do we do with the the fact that jesus says i tell you the truth i did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill the law and until all of these things are fulfilled not one jot not one tittle will be struck away from the law mm. that's jesus right that's a pretty huge authority and so for and so it's just it's just that um um uh, it's just that uh, sorry about that so I, I got that's a phone okay. call there uh it's just that that consistency you know it's like are we able to be to to be that consistent to be that faithful and at the mm. same time not allow it to make us condescending and at the same time not allow that to surpass the incredible sacrifice that Jesus gave for us on the cross, right? It can't supersede grace, right? Grace, grace is king, right? But faith without works is dead, that also exists, right? And, and is faith without works attached to the law? Hopefully not, right? But law keeping does improve your ability to have works. That when mm-hmm. people look, they're like, oh, wow, this is about God. Oh, wow, this is about uh, my fellow neighbor. Love your mm-hmm. neighbor as yourself, right? Love God with everything you have. So that's the summary of the first tablet and the second tablet.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, and maybe you saw my TikTok where I just summarized the Ten Commandments that way, right? Mm-hmm. If you love, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so what do we do with that, right? If you love me, love me only. If you love me, love me more than stuff. If you love me, admit we're friends. Don't drag my name through the mud. If you love me, hey, let's spend our set-aside day together. And let's just forget everything else. I To me, it's mental health day more than anything else, right? The Sabbath mm-hmm. is amazing. If you're not Sabbathing, and I don't care if you do it on Sunday, like you really need to encourage people to take – a full day to just unplug and connect with yeah. god in some way shape or form i can't yeah. i can't state how how incredibly good for our health that is
2: yeah um, mm-hmm. and, well, then, is even, and then you like, can keep going uh-huh. there's like um i've heard like secular people say that too like some very successful yeah. business men have been like you need at least one day off a, a, a week um as well as i heard um i think it was I don't know someone that Bridgetown Church is associated with because I heard it on their podcast. But um, they're talking. This guy was preaching and he's like, you know, he's like, if I break any of the Ten Commandments, I'm gonna. He's like, especially as a pastor, I'll lose my job. Mm. He's like, if I, you know, right. I cheat on my wife, I don't love my kids, or I like steal Correct. or do all these things. He's like, but if I break the Sabbath, I get a raise. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, this is crazy. He's like, this is how crazy our culture is. And so I think there's a high need for sabbath mm-hmm. i and i would yeah uh, yeah i, I think because jesus says the sabbath is not it, it's not man made for the sabbath the sabbath is made for man and he's the lord of it right And so it is yeah it's a gift to us for our like you said mental health the ways it's God your day, are day with jesus yeah and mm-hmm. it's like there there's it's not day, really day, any, with day, day with jesus yeah i love it there's not a good reason to not do it right and, and i don't and it's like does it have to be on saturday you could give or take and and maybe say some other stuff because there's people have said like maybe a, a, whatever you can do. I know like the weekends for a lot of pastors are super crazy. So, so maybe, right. but I mean, I think it could mm. be, unless you have, if you have a church that has so many services that you have a Saturday service, maybe just plant other churches so you can stick to one and then take Sabbath or take mm. a, a Saturday off or Sunday. Or Sunday. Off, yeah. One of these
1: Um, but. really quick back to the uh, sanctuary doctrine. Um, mm-hmm. So 1844, right? This starts, uh, Christ going to the sanctuary, and now uh, we're talking about the Hebrew verse, Hebrews 7, 8, right, that you brought up about the sins that we don't know about and the people who, like you interpreting that to be like people who don't know about him. Um, why 1844? Why couldn't Christ always just be doing that? That's kind of my mm-hmm. question, right?
0: Well, because it, it specifically mentions there in, in Daniel chapter 8, after a very specific, very, 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 detailed prophecy about when that was supposed to happen, right? And, um, you know, uh, like Daniel 8.14 says, and he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary Mm -hmm. will be cleansed. And, and of course, we're using the day-year principle from Ezekiel. We're using all of those things and applying it that way. At least that's how Adventism has looked at it. Mm -hmm. Um, even I saw it on the chosen, just like in season two, like Jesus talking about, do you know how long a day is for my father? You know, (laughs) you know, so people are getting that concept, right? But it's a very specific, it's a very specific with a very specific start. We're talking about, uh, the diaspora for the Jews and them coming back to Jerusalem, which was in 457, uh, BC or BCE, as we're saying now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, and from 457 BC, if you add 2,300 years, it ends up in 1844. Initially, William Miller messed up and he like said 1843 because he didn't account for year zero, and then he had to move it to 1844. Right, and so something happened. Right, it's I have no guarantees, and I have to proceed in faith. Right, but like if that prophecy is in there, if it's in the Bible, it's for a good reason. If there's something confusing in the Bible. I had a a wise teacher tell me once, if you don't understand something in the Bible, that's your cue to get a shovel and dig deeper, right? (laughs) Right? This is where you dig deeper. And that's exactly what these young adults in the mid 19th century did with the Bible. And what they found, you know, produced an incredible movement that looked at the second coming of Jesus. And that's and that's mm-hmm. where you know the amalgamation of our day uh, of, of of our name, Seventh-day Adventists, right. right? Because we are actively waiting for Jesus to come back. And we know mm-hmm. that he's coming back soon because we look at what Jesus says, He he himself talked about what people would be like, he compared it to the times of Noah at the end of Matthew 24. And I think we're getting mm-hmm. near there. I mean, people were no matter how much knowledge is increasing, as it says in Daniel 12:4. We're not getting nicer, <laughs> right? Like humanity's not getting nicer. We're getting smarter, but not necessarily wiser. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So it, it's when, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Cause like, have mm. you ever had debates with, with people? I, with I don't anyone. know that that actually wins <laughs> people to Christ, but people are right. nicer. Maybe a very specific
1: <laughs> type of person. It wins to Christ. Yeah, some but people It's a rare yeah. person,
2: but usually yeah. debates, if people like debates, it's probably because they like arguing and therefore you're not going to win the argument because they want to keep debating. But um, so what do you guys do in Acts when it says they worshiped on the Lord's day? And that has been, to my understanding, historically been Sunday. That at least has been what I've understood. So what do you guys do with the Sabbath or the Lord's day or yeah, how do you, how do you interpret that?
0: Well, see, I, we take issue with the phrase that you just used. Historically has been understood. All right. How, when, from where right like we ask the follow-up questions mm-hmm. right um so we we take the protestant perspective of sola scriptura and we go you know we go rock <laughs> rock on with it we just like plow away that it's like oh okay so the but so it's historically okay who are you talking about tertullian who are you talking about you know like mm-hmm. who's saying this augustine like that doesn't that doesn't translate to bible to me Right. So when we look at Acts and we say the Lord's day, what makes it the Lord's day and what what that they had communion, that they broke bread? Well, wasn't, right?
2: it, like, it, wasn't it that he resurrected on a Sunday?
0: Where do you have the Bible verse that says that was the Lord's day?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, most of it is just tradition. There's not a Bible verse that says that right. exactly. I know of. And so you exactly. just would discount like what the early church fathers did necessarily over what like an interpretation of scripture right yes yeah, so that's that's that was
2: going to be my question with church history how do you guys relate to that then if you're like uh maybe not
0: well we're we we're very much dialed into that like you know mm. when when we talk about the reformation there's i mean there's an entire section for junior bible where we just like half the year we're talking it's basically another history class Cool. Right, mm-hmm. so we we really go deep, even with teenagers. We tell them, "Hey, look, this is our roots. This is where we come from." Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of most of how we understand sanctification and how we understand things that led up to our sanctuary doctrine is a product of John Wesley and you know and, and an understanding of, of Methodism and and those types of things. So it's not like we're dismissive to it. For example, uh, Martin Luther. I'm eternally grateful to Martin Luther for grace and our, our inroads into the book of Romans, but I'm super not into his anti-Semitic stuff towards the end of his career. Right. Like that was rough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. That's, that's rough. Right. So Augustine, I'm super into his whole, Hey, how do we live what we're waiting for Jesus to come back? The church, everything else I'm super not into, the fact that everything he did for purity's sake was him trying to deal with his own sexual misgivings mm-hmm. right like so we recognize that people are human we we recognize that people are flawed and we're really we really scrutinize where inspiration comes from can i call these guys inspired right or can i yeah. glean what i need from these individuals now i can't do that with the bible the bible is completely inspired Mm-hmm. Right? So when the Bible tells me something and just because some of these guys that gave us good things like for example, I really love you know Isaac Newton and gravity. Mm-hmm. I don't love that Isaac Newton thought he could be an alchemist and started like ingesting mercury, right? <laughs> Cuz he thought it was going to be okay. They eventually killed him.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: right? So I I can I can glean things, right? I, I really love Stephen Hawking and and you know his his posits on Black holes and things like that, and 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 his expansion on relativity, for you know, on top of Einstein. But I can't, I can't agree with his moral side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like he says some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. It, we have to look at it. It's like, what is the ultimately? What is the authority? And so this is where I have to like ask my my brothers, my my Seventh-day adventist brothers, to be like, hey, yo, pump the brakes real quick right? Because if you're going to go from the Bible and you get everybody to commit from the Bible, guess what? The Seventh-day Adventists will win that argument, right? Like people have to bring stuff from the outside to make it make sense. We don't do that. We stay in the Bible. This is my little quip or my little connection to the Muslims, right? Because the Muslims are like, oh, you guys are on top of it, (laughs) right? When When they look at our eschatology, they're like, you know, we have something very similar to that as well. You know, like I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. That's that's great. Yeah, for sure. And, and in fact, some of the best Seventh-day Adventists I've ever met are converts from Islam, which is is hard. You know, it's hard for Christianity mm-hmm. to to have that, but for 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 Islam, it's a lot. It's a Seventh-day Adventism is a way easier sell, right? And we are trying actively to stay away from the fundamentalist little tagline because we are not fundamentalists, right? As much as some people might want to label us that way. So I, I go back to the same questions. Please produce a Bible verse that gives me, you know, what you're saying about the Lord's day. It's all, mm-hmm. context, it's all using context and I'm fine with context. And we do do that a lot. There is some bit of hypocrisy on our part for context and, uh, I, nowhere is this more relevant than when i used to be part of an ecumenical group and the lutheran pastor just went in on me and was like you know in the new testament it says oinos for wine you know like i used to live in wisconsin at the time and i was like dude mm-hmm. i get it you would like to drink alcohol all right i don't know if jesus transformed water into juice since you know, it was a Methodist preacher in the 19th century who uh you know his name was John Welch, who finally applied the pasteurization process, right? But for a long time, Seventh day Adventist is like, no, Jesus turned the water into juice. I was like, guys, no.
2: Seventh day Adventists said that.
0: Right. Seventh day Adventists say that oh, wow. because we I because we that. are super against alcohol, right? Because mm. of all so the what yeah,
2: what is, is that for you? Yeah. Well, yeah, what's the yeah, what is the reasoning for being against alcohol or coffee? Is it black tea as well? Is it because it's caffeine?
0: Caf- uh, dude, there's some... <laughs> we have churches that, that have full-on barista <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, we've gone away with oh, really? the coffee wow. thing.
2: Okay. Um,
0: well, it depends where you go, right? Like if you go right, right, right. like in more conservative places, they're like, oh no, we don't do coffee. I don't drink coffee because I have ADHD and that mess puts me to sleep.
3: Super so, uh, ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so but uh but yeah like it the idea is like why would you why do you need something to make you feel something else right and uh, i've run into my coptic Mm -hmm. brothers who look at you know genesis 129 the lord gave us every herb yielding plant and they're like you know because they're connecting with the holy spirit by smoking the ganja and i'm like (laughs) um i don't know if that's what god meant but he's like is that
2: also says be sober Uh...
0: Exactly. <laughs> and clear-minded. So for, for mm-hmm. me, it's like an application of the Nazarite vow, right? It's elective, right? And the Nazarite vow was three-pronged, right? Uh, on the outside, people needed to see that you were different, right? Like, so there's still a bunch of Adventists that won't wear jewelry, right? Like, that's, mm-hmm. once again, kind of like the whole conjecture context type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So the Nazarite wasn't supposed to cut their, their hair. They were not supposed to um, – they, they were not supposed to touch dead things, which essentially mm. made them vegetarian, right? Because um, they couldn't. Like they they could Yeah, they that's couldn't I, guess, I was
2: going to say, like, the, the fork touched the steak, not me, but you put it in your mouth. So.
0: Sure. And that's, <laughs> that's a fun little argument. I do that all the time with, uh, I don't know, streaming services. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then the other thing is, like, you weren't supposed to touch anything from the vine, right? Not even raisins. Mm. Because the risk was, you know, like there was no pasteurization. So within two, three days, the yeast Mm -hmm. had already started making alcohol and your mind Mm -hmm. wasn't clear. So it's widely understood that alcohol does not help you function better. Right. And so the idea is like, you're not going to lose, you're not going to get kicked out of the church. But if you're like a leader in the church and you're like dipping the sauce, it's like game Hmm. over right like that's so
2: funny because there's other yeah. t- i know like there's anglican traditions yeah. where if they have a, a communion and there's any wine left over they look at that wine as the blood of jesus they're like we cannot leave this left over so the priest will finish off the rest of the wine <laughs> all two like, gallons <laughs> it's, like, it's like a church like a hundred people are like why do we have six gallons of wine for communion today and i'm like
0: Weird. Listen, listen, <laughs> price got blood. drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so mm. the idea, the idea is like, you know, like, it's the same thing. It's like we would it alcohol's in the same. I think it's in the same tier as heroin would be for everybody else. Right? Like, oh, well. you can okay. do it. But for a lot of people, there's no coming back. Right. And there's mm-hmm. people that are like epigenetically predisposed to addiction. So why would you expose yourself to that? Like, for example, all eight of my great grandparents died of liver complications. So wow. I should never touch it. Right. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. probably like I'm genetically predisposed to being addicted. But that's not to say that people can't drink or whatever. Like there's people hitting that kombucha really hard. Um, I don't know. Is that alcohol? Like, I guess it is, but it's. My wife was mm-hmm. into that for a while. She tried to make some in our house. And the jars would explode, and yeah, anyway, <laughs> the
1: whole other. Thing. Um, how much time do you have left? I'd love to go into a little bit more depth on the Ellen White issue. Um, sure, but do you have time for that? Or a little,
0: a little bit, yeah. The guys that were gonna pick me up, I already saw the text. It was like peace, homie. So I'll get, I'll get, I'll catch the second game. No worries. Okay,
1: <laughs> cool. Uh, then just really fast. I know you already talked mm-hmm. about it, like not the same as scripture, different authority. How is it that uh, you view or the church views Ellen White? Uh, I know a lot of people when when I have heard about it historically is viewed on the same level as scripture. Um, you already said that that's, that's different. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts. Um, called is she called the infallible? Method, right? There's a prophet status, all that kind of stuff. I'd love to hear. Yeah, Definite
0: prophet status, not in the Joseph mm-hmm. Smith uh, tier uh, at all. Okay.
1: Can you, can you explain do... that distinction a little bit?
0: Okay, so she's called the lesser light, and and when she talks about the Bible, she's she's like expanding, adding to it, like, but not in the sense of like, hey, now this definitively, because I've had to stop people who will quote the Bible and they'll add details that only Ellen White mentions, and like, hey, bro, hmm. let's let's dial it back because the Bible doesn't say that. Right. Ellen White mm. said that let's make a clear distinction of that. Okay. You need to be super clear when you talk to people about that because you're going to throw them off. It's already bad enough. We're like we're, we'll take like I do a quiz with my with my uh, freshman Bible class. And I'm like, they usually end up getting a 20 percent on it. It's just on the nativity story. And mm. so much, you know, so much veggie Tales, uh, so much like. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, medieval pictures and things like that. It was like, no, the the wise men did not show up at the birth of Jesus. No, there mm-hmm. wasn't three wise men. No, <laughs> you know, right. like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can keep going. There's a whole bunch of details there that people just completely misplace. And, and it's important right. to use historical criticism. But Ellen White does add some things that are, and and that's that's what it keeps ke- keeps bring me back to her because she like based on her education there's no way that she should have known some of the stuff that she knew like it makes mm. no sense that she knew and then later on through research through archaeology we're now corroborating some of the things that she's bringing into the story and I'm like wow that's crazy like a 17 year old girl like receiving these things and let's remember that, like, which is a huge irony right now in the Saint Church, because we still have problems with women pastors. Which oh, I, really? it's bananas. I've yes. I've ordained women. Like it's bananas. We're just like, dude, do you realize Ellen White was a lady, right? And she yeah. was ordained. You know where we came <laughs> from, right? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. but yeah, people have that, and it's like patriarch you know, hierarchy and like Christ mm. is the head of the church, blah, blah, blah. And to translate. I don't know. Yeah. That old so when
1: chapter. we're talking like prophet status, like you were saying, you would say like maybe a biblical prophet I, I and then like prophet. Ellen yeah. White kind of a thing. And then maybe just like writers would be underneath there, like other Christian writers, that kind of a thing.
0: Um, We don't rank, Okay. Um, but there are people who do, right? We look, th- when you look at the doctrine, the doctrine says the gift of prophecy and it's and it's a whole take on first corinthians 12 and 13 Mm -hmm. when we do it wrong we very much resemble the pentecostals and their take on tongues
3: Hmm.
0: right and like it that gift all of a sudden becomes blah blah you know so much bigger hey keep reading please read first corinthians 13 love Mm. is the most important (laughs) the greatest of these is love right like um if if i speak in tongues but have not love i'm a
1: oh, it's going yeah
0: clanging gong right if, if you have the spirit of prophecy <laughs> but you don't have love and that's what happened to adventism right like mm. people would present her and and use her as an authority and uh and i wouldn't say that just takes her exclusively right like joel chapter two ends with and jesus quotes it you know young women young men will dream dreams and see visions mm-hmm. and it's talking it's 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 eschatological language about the second coming before jesus comes back hey who knows maybe there'll be more Ellen whites right we're not like the muslims who's like no muhammad was it <laughs> mm. right <laughs> no well relax <laughs>
3: mm.
0: relax so i do everything when i read her i'm brought closer to jesus okay so that's that's the bar that i use so when i read her and i read her advice some of it is good Some of it's like a little outdated, like she was against bicycles and stuff Mm. because bicycles were really expensive at that time and they were trying to get the movement started. And like they're like, why would you be spending extra cash when you can just like be funneling it to the church, Mm. right? She was against jewelry for the same reason. She was against theaters. Theaters were way different then than they are now. Cinemas are like pretty family-friendly places. So back then, they were like... Like borderline brothels and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she was super against that. Uh, she was trying to get people to, to bathe. Like people were not taking baths. <laughs> like people were like not taking care of themselves. Um, not eating properly. Like their food. Their, I don't know if you've ever looked at what people ate in the 19th century. But it was rough.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. <laughs> people made very poor choices and were dying at an incredibly young age. Mm-hmm. It was better than the Middle Ages. It was better than the Dark Ages, Mm -hmm. but it was still not great. Mm And so Adventism at that time was at the cutting edge of a lot of things, uh, at the cutting edge of, of, of publication later on at the early side of the 20th century cutting edge of like radio broadcasts and things like that. We've really gotten behind. You know, like mm. there's the, some of us doing podcasts and like I this is where like I, I feel the weight. I was like, man, I should do more of what you guys are doing. Um, but uh, that that's how I look at her. She's a lesser light. Mm. I definitely call her prophet because as far as prophecies go, like literal prophecies, she kinda hit it on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like
1: do Adventists and, believe uh, in the gifts not of the like Spirit? like something that oh, redefines
0: sorry. them. Go ahead.
1: Uh, sorry to cut you off. Um, just a clarification. No, um, do Adventists believe in the other gifts of the Spirit just for like the everyday church member? So would you say that somebody yeah. who has the gift of prophecy that like goes to your church would be like the same level of prophet as her? Or is there a distinction there?
0: Well, you test them because the Bible says okay. to test them. Yeah. Test the spirits and then do the test of the prophets. If you do Isaiah 820, um, to the law and to the testimony. If they don't speak according to these things, there is no light in them. Mm-hmm. Very simple, right? Um, to the law and to the testimony. Did Ellen White talks? Uh, you know, did Ellen White? Did Ellen White talk according to the law and to the testimony? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There is no like. There are things that she says that I think tick off more Adventism than do people on the outside. I think the people outside of our denomination get ticked off with Ellen White because of how we've elevated her or some people have erroneously elevated her in the Mm. past. The problem. And I'm doing my best as a pastor of the denomination to be like, guys, stop. Please get some help. Right. Like (laughs) we need to, you know, who's on top of everything? Jesus. Jesus. Please. Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: And, and that's who she was obsessed with. Uh, mm-hmm. That's who she was obsessed with. She was obsessed with Jesus. Yeah. She, she really put herself down all the time. Cool. Like, like you said, like Buddha, you know, like,
3: mm-hmm. or,
0: sorry, Siddhartha Gautama, you know, like, because <laughs> everybody can be Buddha. You know, I do take my students to the Buddhist mm-hmm. temple when we do world religions cool. to check it out. Um, cool. So, yeah, I would say, I would say it's the, the, the whole point of Seventh-day Adventism is to be faithful to the Bible as much as possible so that it increases your opportunity to have more conversations, not less.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm, because
0: yes. have you ever been in that situation where, like, you're you're trying to witness, you're trying to do something and all of a sudden they're like, hey, but the Bible says this, but you do that. Why? Right. Even if you have a good argument for it, it really does it really just kind of reels back, and then you have to go into apologetics and all these other things. No, with Adventism, we don't really have that issue if the person's being a faithful Adventist. And then there's all sorts, of, and, but being a faithful Adventist doesn't get you to heaven. I'm a faithful Adventist because I'm going to heaven, right? So there's assurance of salvation and all those other things, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then there's room for everything else. The Holy Spirit, for example, if you look at the book of Acts, people got it before baptism sometimes during baptism and some got it after baptism and that that's called the gift of the spirit correct mm. you know um, so same thing uh, thief on the cross didn't get baptized but was saved right and, but mm-hmm. if we look at mark 16, 16 it's like you know uh, they that believe and are baptized will be saved but the, those that do not believe will not be saved mm-hmm. right so it's about belief so at our core we are a protestant denomination um hmm. we are a combination of a lot of things and our aim is to be as as uh, uh to lower the level of hypocrisy as much as possible hmm. do you and think live that live a life Sorry. yeah go ahead
1: i love that uh what you're saying do you think that any point in the past you guys weren't a protestant denomination and you've now become one or is there a distinction there um, or just certain churches
0: i think at any, i think in the past we didn't care enough to engage in the conversation to state what we are. But I, th- if, as I look at our history, and it's now, we're at 170, 160 years of Seventh-day Adventism, yeah, we've always been Protestant, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's never been a point where I'm like, because like, the, the the for example, the definition of cult, Ellen White is not our central leader. Ellen White is not, even though no matter mm-hmm. what Wikipedia might say, not our founder right Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was part of that group and they did look at her as a as a source of authority to confirm the things that they had been studying together most of our doctrines do not come from her that's another huge misconception right Mm. um but our doctrines are confirmed by things that she says right like or she would talk about it afterwards like after we had our big conferences and you know, like the the theologians would get together and and talk. And she's like, yeah, God's been showing me about this. Yeah, we're on the right track here, or we're not on the right track here, right? Um, She did have a big, uh, like one of, I think one of her biggest mistakes, and this is, I'm on the fringes here, is because that book that I mentioned, The Great Controversy, Mm. which basically takes all of Christian history past past Jesus, uh, sorry, past the death of Paul, right? Because we don't have the rest of the Bible, you know, the Bible stops there, right? Mm-hmm. At least narrative speaking, you know, Paul dies, boom, done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she takes, she takes inspiration and gives commentary on what happened to Christianity. That's what that great controversy book is. Now, there's seven different versions of that book, because they would take that book, or at, at first it was called early writings, and then they kept adding to it. Initially, the book was like, I don't know, like, 40, 50,000 words. The, the last version of it is like something like 300,000 words, right? So she kept adding to it as she was getting feedback from people. And some of the renditions towards the end are like super anti-Catholic because they'll look at Catholicism within the, the prophecies in Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 8, and it's like, oh, see, this is this is where the apostasy is going to come from. This is where the mark of the beast, they're the ones that brought us the Sunday worship, you know? Mm-hmm and mm. um and so but sadly those versions were coinciding with the ellis island days and what was what was just flooding the country at that time a bunch mm. of italians and a bunch of irish which all happened to be what
3: mm. catholic,
0: catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right so the, the it, was, it was just kind of like like a reaction you know it was like oh here comes the catholics right like every time mm. a pope gets elected uh, you know they they elect a pope adventists are on high alert you know is this the pope is this the end? you know the pope
2: huh? gets elected and catholic, i don't know the pope got elected in the catholic church
0: oh yeah the conclave yeah like how does that uh hmm. that's just different probably, podcasts like,
1: it's for a different podcast <laughs> yeah. i was
2: just think about like the how they, they the transfer of authority from pope to pope i'm like you just i thought you guys trusted the holy spirit to choose maybe that is maybe, hey, maybe the holy spirit they have different to types vote of smoke. Right
0: they have different types of smoke to let us know. All right. So, um, yeah. Hey, and the current Pope is my boy. He's Argentinian, just like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, but yeah, some just lose their mind every time. Is this the Pope? Is this the one that will represent the powers that be? And, and so that's part, it's, it's, it's tied to our eschatology. I wish it wasn't, but yeah, I mean, if you talk to a hardcore Catholic, they'll be like, "Hey, eventually, all you Protestants are coming back, right? We're we're the mother church, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. that's essentially what Catholic means, right? Like the universal right, the universal church, church. Mm-hmm. right, right. So I don't know. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of Adventists think that it's their job to defend. I, I also kind of agree with that. I mean just come and see it's like kind of like the jesus thing come and see for yourself if, if you don't like it okay if you don't like it okay no no uh no sweat off our back but i do like to apply like the as close as i get with that that previous question was like do you believe that if you don't keep the sabbath you're not going to heaven as close as i get to that I would be like john 10. you know sheep i have that are not of this fold i go out there that i might bring them also right so I, I don't know if that's a massive I said Jesus but like I do think I, th- I do think that Jesus Jesus is into that right like is that's what he says to the woman at the time coming and is now here will my worship will worship me in spirit and in truth right and so for a long time seventh-day Adventism was has been really good at truth right but if you don't have the spirit then you are terrible at loving sinners, right? <laughs> and I think that a lot of Christianity has been really, really good in contrast to Adventism with spirit, right? And they've been really good at loving sinners, but then when it comes to go and sin no more, what do we do with that, mm. right? And and now that mm. the conversation is expanding now to sexuality and uh And the the structure of the home and all these other things, I think it's more truth is more important than ever. But with spirit in your heart, because you have to love people. Like, how are you going to bring truth to people if you don't have a relationship with them? If you don't love them, if you don't care for them, if you don't care for their basic needs, if you don't spend time with them like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So that's why there is such a huge emphasis in education and the health message in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, because... It's like, hey, if you don't care for their needs, if you're not helping the person get past the the thing that's constantly on the in their head, ow, 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 ow. How are you going to introduce them to Jesus? How are you going to introduce them to truth? How are you going to introduce them to the mm. Sabbath? Which is also about not just physical health, but also mental health. And that's a big thing in my home because my wife is a is a mental health therapist, you know? So <laughs> mm. we we really wanna emphasize those things. And so mm, good. Yeah, I I don't know. I talk a lot. I feel like I talk too much, but uh, <laughs>
1: that's that's good. That's, well, let's go to uh, we'll let's go play uh, here in a second. Um, just one last question on Ellen that I had. Unless you have other questions, Ethan. Um, for people with the gift of prophecy, for us now, we're fine with them making mistakes, right? Like people grow in their gifting and stuff like that. Is that the attitude that you guys use as well with Ellen? Like, did she ever make any mistakes? Because I know there was a controversy oh, yeah. between all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff too. yeah.
0: I mean, people, people venerate, look. People venerate, like, people venerate anybody that, like, when God shows up and the Holy Spirit shows up, like you see in the book of Acts, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, people start seeing Peter healing people. This guy's a fisherman, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. how can I buy what you have, right? Either mm-hmm. they, like, you know, they treat them as gods or they, like, so people right. have done that without money. They have. Gotcha, gotcha. But like in one letter, she told a guy, hey, if you eat eggs again, you're going to die, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a cholesterol problem. And then in another letter, she told a guy, hey, you need to eat eggs ASAP. You have a protein problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> so people will take that and they'll be like, well, she, she contradicts herself. Then there's all, a whole bunch of attacks about her plagiarizing things mm. um, and just using but. In the mid 19th century it's not like people were using citation properly right um at the same time did she borrow did she appropriate things that she claimed to be inspired i don't know maybe i don't know Mm -hmm. regardless to me the proof is in the pudding how is it affecting people's lives is it affecting people positively or is it affecting people negatively and is it taking the place of the bible Right. So hmm. that's the big that's the big one right there. If the person has taken Ellen White and they have put it above the Bible. I, I need to I need to quarantine that person in my church. <laughs>
3: right? I'm like,
0: dude, dude, no, no, you are straight up toxic. You need to stop. Hmm. Right. And so we try to we try to make sure. But saying you're straight up toxic might be toxic on my part. <laughs> so like just loving people, spending time spending time with them. I do believe that she messed up with her kids. Like Mm. only one of her kids stayed in the church.
3: Mm. Right? Like
0: her husband worked himself to death for the sake of the church. Like Mm. that guy was like constantly working. They rarely spent time Mm. together. I mean, this is a human being. This is a flawed individual through Mm. and through, but she allowed God to work through her. And I think the proof is in the pudding. 25 million people is, you know, like that's a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's cross-cultural, and it's done all sorts of things. Uh, once again, not the founder, but her contributions are there, mm. right? It's the same thing. I feel like when I look at my kids, okay, cool. I'm baptizing all these people. I'm giving all these Bible studies. I'm, you know, like, but am I spending enough time with my kids? So, it it's you know, like even the stuff that she did wrong. It serves in the same way that, like, we would look at 1 Samuel 12. It's not great what David did with Bathsheba, mm. right? But we can learn from that because he's still called a man after God's own heart. Mm. This is mm. a murderer slash adulterer, right?
3: Ellen
0: mm-hmm. White wasn't a murderer slash adulterer. But, yeah, there are some things that I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm glad there's so much material on her because even, even through her flaws, I'm like, top notch. Hey, this is a person that tried, this is a person that tried to follow Jesus. And like Paul to the Galatians, I'm allowed to call Peter out, right? Hmm. You hypocrite, right? (laughs) It's Hmm. like when the Jews are around, oh, I don't hang out with Greeks. (laughs) <laughs> when the Jews are gone. Oh, no, no, no. Let's 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 spend time <laughs> with the Greeks. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm putting you on blast <laughs> and I'm letting everybody know. Right. Mm. So we're not at that level yet. As some of like taking taking Ellen White to the woodshed. But at the same time, mm. because she's had such a transformative effect on so many people at a at a holistic level. Right. Because it's we're talking health, education, finances, like when you accept more than anything adventism is a culture right <laughs> when you accept this and this is why it has such a huge impact in third world countries because when you apply all the concepts from the fundamental beliefs of some day adventism your finances improve your education improves, your health improves and uh i don't know like in india for example that just takes you automatically up to caste levels right and so from that perspective it's like wow these people have got it going on. I don't know if you if you saw a National Geographic of uh, what was it, like 15, 16 years ago, like the Blue Zones talking about the longest living individuals on the planet. One of those yeah, yeah. groups was Sabbath day Adventists. Why? Because there's an emphasis on community. There's an emphasis on doing regular things, starting your day with Jesus, ending your day with Jesus, staying away from things, being consistent in how you eat, how you take care of your body. And yeah, I, I just recently went to my father-in-law's church, and there was a lady running the Zoom Sabbath school, and she was 97 years old, right? Like, wow. it's, yeah, fully, full cognition, incredible community. But the younger generations, I don't know if we're all following that. So <laughs> we, might, we might see a dip in centenarians and Adventism <laughs> here in the next few generations because um people like their in and out so i Mm. i don't know (laughs) Mm.
1: well thanks so much for all Um, that clarification i love it yeah
0: yeah it's been been yeah yeah we're we're terribly flawed just like every other denomination i've ever run across yeah yeah so it's it's fun it's fun but uh when i run into guys like you guys you guys are my brothers yeah you know we're we all have the same goal um and when the chance presents itself, if we can be honest, like the Bereans, and go into the Bible, mm. then we challenge people. And uh, but we we we've lost no brothers, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm fully I'm fully cognizant that on that great day when we see Jesus again, there's going to be Sabbath keepers and there's going to be Sunday keepers. Mm. I have I have zero problems with that. Mm. And then we get but to ask Jesus, time,
2: who is right? Yeah, big reveal. Huh? We'll ask Jesus. Okay, yeah, we have who's a right?
0: Years to do that. Who's right? According to our eschatology, <laughs> we have a thousand years to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like, uh, a, and I and I and I have a a sinking feeling that it won't matter. Mm, uh, right, right,
2: <laughs> right. It's like when we get to heaven, but I'm going to be at like. At the same time. Oh, say yeah. we get to heaven, I'm like, all right, with our cal- Calvinist friends, I'm like, Jesus, were we predestined, or do we, did we recognize and receive with common grace? And, and he might say, like. Both and neither, and it doesn't matter because you're here, and all these other people right. who are here that you didn't. Well, expect. I
0: chose you. I chose you before your parents thought about you. You know, so mm-hmm. that's predestined. I can agree with the Calvinists on that. Uh, but the the I think the bottom line, and just to leave you with that, there's that text from Jesus. You know, woe to those that caused one of the li- these little ones to break even the least of these. Right. Mm-hmm. So when he talks about the commandments, and so that verse exists, but how we apply it, how we communicate it needs to be predicated on a whole bunch of relationship. Mm -hmm. It needs to come way before, like way, way after, right. You know, here, I'm going to take you to the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. here. I'm going to take you. uh, I'm going to take you to resurrection Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we fight a defeated foe. Mm -hmm. We, we serve a risen King, right? Like Mm -hmm. all those things need to be, you know, like, so the idea is, like, if I ever pitch Seventh-day Adventism to a person, it's like, okay, you're interested, but I hope you're interested to do it at the highest level possible, right? Not because it saves you, but because you are saved, hmm. right? So it's it's kind of like a gauntlet being thrown. It's like, are you ready? All right? like. You ready to commit, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. And 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 there's varying levels of how they're going to do that, mm-hmm. right? So uh, my idea from the health and the Sabbath perspective is like, hey, how do you want to die? That's my bottom line question.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you want to die a terrible, terrible death? Or do you want to die like in the notebook, hugging your wife, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, mm. it's these simple things that are post-salvation, mm. right? So Get the you. problem with Adventism is they made those post-salvation things into salvation issues. Mm. And you'll still run into Adventists that do that to this day. Mm. Right? Mm. So when you run into them, just recognize that they're in the middle of a journey just like you are. Mm. And uh and hopefully you can get to the part where you both talk about Jesus and who who you brought to Jesus yesterday or tomorrow or mm-hmm. what you're gonna do.
1: Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um,
0: that would be the hope. That would be the hope. Yeah.
1: Well, cool, John. Well, we love having you on. It's been mm-hmm. a good conversation. Both ones we've had. Hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and talk about something else. And uh hey, have fun playing some softball.
0: I will. I will. There I got three texts to be like ETA bro, right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, get out there. I need you. <laughs> You're like, sorry, I'm trying to convert cool. these guys real quick. I'll be right there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never used that word. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's true. There you go. <laughs> All right. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Shoots, y'all.